0: You're listening to the Women of Worth Podcast, hosted by me, Audrey Bellis, founder of Worthy Women. We explore what it means to live and lead in integrity as women of worth. We are here today with Mary Purdy. Mary is an emerging illustrator based in Los Angeles. As a feminist artist, she is constantly shaping her voice and message with her main goal being to always inspire, empower, and connect to her audience. She uses her experience as a woman often taking from moments in pop culture and current events and merges these ideas to create powerful imagery that hopefully makes you feel something. And I'll tell you what, it certainly makes us feel something. Mary, it's such a pleasure to have you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And you are our very first guest on the Women of Worth podcast, where we get to explore what it means to live and lead in integrity from our worthiest of women. So, Mary, I have to tell you, I have fangirled you so <laughs> hard. Like when you confirmed you were going to be on this, I literally did a giddy dance in the Aww, office. That's I so was sweet. Like, hey.
1: Well, I'm she's equally coming. as excited
0: to be here. And I'm so happy to be your first guest. I'm oh, so flattered. So, so exciting. One of your illustrations that you did actually was extremely poignant for worthy women this year. Your Statue of Liberty illustration. Liberty. Uh-huh. We sent out our first newsletter of the year uh, referencing that illustration and telling people what we were going to do. We had just heard about the immigration ban from mm-hmm. our new President Trump. And we were so disappointed in our office. You know, we're an office of women. I felt like we needed to make a big public stance. We'd already made a public stance after the election results. And we'd been kind of quiet for the last few months following our conference. Mm -hmm. It was time to tell people what we were up to. We were waiting, actually, a little bit later. We wanted to announce that, timed with a different event. But, you know, sometimes you just got to go all right, there's no point, screw the PR run. Like we need to say something and say something now. And so we released that with the statement, the title of the newsletter was called We Are the Daughters of Immigrants. Here at Worthy Women, you know, there's some interesting things that happen. Most people can't tell you about a time when they were worthy or why they're worthy until they've told you about a time when they're not, which means we hear a lot of shame stories. Mm -hmm. And the result from that was that we had so many people email back And say thank you for what you do number one but number two here's my shame stories about my immigration status my emails flooded over 100 emails in the first hour oh my god and we heard stories about people coming here illegally currently having non-resident status coming over the border being deported things that just broke my heart to read how much of our audience suffers in silence and so much shame around these things. So many of them resonated with that image the way that we did. And we are so grateful to you for, you know, being able to artistically and visually put together something that, one, we struggled to even find words to articulate around. But, but as you said, your art, Hopefully makes people feel something. Not only did it make yeah. us feel this, I'll tell you what your art makes me feel: sassy. <laughs> oh, per- that's perfect. That's one of my favorite words to
1: just describe myself and my art. So that's perfect. Would you consider yourself a sassy person? I'm totally always sassy. Since always. you were little. Um, yeah, since I was little, my mom would often say she wished she could like pick me up and throw me into the wall because <laughs> I was so sassy, like to a fault. But I take pride so.
0: Well, it certainly comes out in your artwork and I think it's truly, truly benefiting the masses. And I love that you call yourself a feminist. We are proud feminists here. Great. And I love that you drive feminism through your art. Thank you. Tell us how you, like, what is your process that you come together with these messages to be able to do that? And I'd love to hear more of the story behind that particular illustration. Uh, if you're Liberty. Yes, if yeah, you're open sure. to telling us.
1: I mean, I really, um, with my art, I just kind of go based off of my life and what I experience and what my friends experience, conversations I have with girlfriends and just really anything I see in pop culture and my favorite TV shows or, or like current events happening in politics and the news. And I just am like, how can I create something that visually represents how I feel about this? And I've learned by sharing it on Instagram that people really respond to it and that makes me feel the best like just the most joy because I want to connect with other women and just people in general who like feel the same things that I feel and experience the same things that I experience. So to kind of go over my process, I really just am like, I wake up and I'm like, how am I going to feel? Like, how do I feel today? Mm. I have a list in my like notepad app that I keep ideas of like maybe potential artwork that I want to create. Yeah. Sometimes I turn on the news and I'm like, Okay. (laughs) Like this, I have got to do something. That particular day, everyone was protesting at the airports because, you know, the first thing I saw was people were being detained and that just like broke my heart. I mean, I know people who are here illegally. Yeah. They just want a better life. I mean, it's, everyone is not a terrorist and it just made me so angry. And I sat down and was like, how can I create something that, well, I can't get to the airport to to protest. What can I do from, from my home? And I thought lady li, what would lady liberty say about this you know the poem that's on lady liberty is all about you know welcoming people give me you're tired you're poor yes. so watching television and i'm like it, which it, is a
0: scary thing to do these days in fact we have banned wait, it, yeah. we have banned social media from our office unless our community manager has to post stuff and nobody else is allowed to go on social media or watch oh. the news during the day because it's so depressing. It is depressing. And it causes a lot of
1: anxiety yes. and anger. And it sucks up a lot of your time because you get into, like, this black hole spiral of oh. just rage. And it's, like, I've had to take social media breaks, too. And, I used to, I mean, I'm obsessed with Instagram, but I can't even catch up with everything because it's too – it's just too much, like, emotionally to handle so i sat down at my desk that day and i'm like i have to draw something about this situation i started drawing lady liberty and i'm like what would she say about this i get a lot of inspiration from television because i'm like you know i'm a tv (laughs) queen but like sitcoms especially i'm like watching netflix watching the office and there's like a scene where stanley is like did i stutter and i'm like that's like, it was like a dream that it happened that way. I'm like, well, that's, that's pretty much how I feel about this. You know, the poem that's written on Lady Liberty is very direct. Like, you know, she's very clear about her message. And I put that phrase with that image and I really didn't expect anything to happen. (laughs) You know, I expected the usual, like whatever, 75 likes or whatever, like exciting, you know, people like commenting, but the response, it was like, being reposted, I gained like thousands of followers overnight. It was like overwhelming, but so great that people were like responding to it, feeling something and like, thank you for doing this. You know, this is how I feel. So that was like really wonderful. And despite all the the bad that was happening, it was just nice to be able to connect with people and kind of make them feel a little bit of not joy, but solidarity, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, it's comforting to know that other people are still, you know, the world has not gone to hell in a handbasket, right? right? We're the, some of us, most of us, are still here. We're bonding. We're, and if anything, this is bringing us closer in solidarity, like you said. Do you remember in Living Color? Yes, oh, of course. Oh my gosh. Okay, so when I saw that illustration, all I remember was the clown. How oh, we don't play that? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> and I read that. Oh man, that would have been a really good with oh. Lady Liberty. That's a really yes. good one. Yes, or even like Tyler Perry's, like Medea meet, but okay, but Medea meets Wendy Williams voice up. Okay, okay. hell no, right. right, with the little like like head snap, and because I have really long acrylic nails, oh, and yeah. I'm adding my nails, to yeah. Like, oh hell no, yeah. If any of you guys are listening, laughing at this because you know I'm from the ghetto, <laughs> represents
1: i wish i could do like lady liberty animated
0: like doing like three snaps oh (laughs) my goodness yes yes but i i love that i love the sass of that before we uh got on air here we were talking about that you had some response that was actually not 100 percent positive which sucks for something so beautiful it's like man people this is why we can't have nice things yeah totally i
1: i totally didn't expect it i mean i got tens of thousands of like you know, accumulated likes from all the shares that I got. I was like, you know, of course, following along because this was so big for me. And I started to get comments like this is really offensive because I stutter. And it's like this is a disability. And I was just like, oh, my God. At first, I was kind of like, "Okay, calm down, which is like not the correct response to have. But I didn't think of like I wasn't taking it seriously. The um, comments started to pile up. I mean, it was really just a handful of people that I think were friends with each other and kind of like, wanted to see like a response for me yeah. and I just I felt so bad that you know people were hurt by it even though it was a small number I just felt so bad by that because the last thing I want to do with my art is like hurt someone's feelings right. especially someone who I want to you know I'm on your side we're all like rooting against the same monster so I kind of at first was like let me just like sit back and take this in I don't want to say anything too like soon I had a private dialogue with one of the commenters, and then I, I you know, apologized. I edited my caption. I created an apology so that they knew that, like, I hear them. Uh, I'm not – I don't want to take it down because, for one, I don't want it to look like I'm trying to erase something that I did that was offensive.
0: I think it's worse if you backpedal. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And also, I can't take it back. It's out there. Like right. Cosmopolitan who has like 4 million followers or something like that, like reposted it. Like I can't take it back. Yes. So it wouldn't have made sense for me to delete it from my own, you know, page. I had like 4,000 followers. It was nothing compared to the Instagram um, fire that it had already like taken off. So yeah, I, I apologize. And um, people wanted me to like do a lot more. <laughs> and I just felt like it was a learning experience. I now know I will think a lot about what I post and what I create who might this offend? And, like am I being ableist or am I who am I excluding with this artwork and is it someone I want to exclude, you know, if it's excluding right. like a racist, you know, nazi of course, I'm like all for it, but I don't want to exclude someone with a disability. I didn't,
0: re- you know, I just yeah. I learned something. I of didn't course. realize
1: at the same time I was like, man. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, so I feel you. Really- and and you know what's really hard in in that situation is, you know, best intentions, but Gosh, I feel like I feel like we can't take a step these days without offending somebody because yes, the stakes are so high. Everybody is so emotional. We're all walking on eggshells. And I think some of that is just signs of the time yes, or the times, but also, you know, I'm curious because again, women of worth is how you live and lead in integrity. And you've created something so beautiful from your integrity. But how does that shape the way you lead? Because I'm sure many of you like myself go you know when i'm asked in like who is great content that you're following who should i be following like you're up there in my top five people like this is a proud feminist woman that you should follow and it's visual so it's not just you know spouting at the mouth constantly there's like a beautiful element to look at and i love that you have pop culture references like mean girls because i love mean girls oh i'm so glad i mean that's how
1: it started i was like just I okay I used to do design challenges like or drawing challenges on that's kind of how it it started last year I was like my husband actually was like you should do it I'm gonna yes let me interrupt
0: you to just say kudos to you for having started last year with putting this out there because I know I know so many people are sitting there thinking you know scared of the vulnerability of putting themselves out there Mm -hmm. through their artwork. And what if no one likes it? Or what if it doesn't get seen? Or, you know, all the what ifs and like all the more reason to do things in integrity. Because when you put things out there in a really in, you know, wholesome and authentic way to yourself, look at look at the response that you get. Yeah, totally. It resonates.
1: It's totally scary. You know, my husband's like he saw in me, my talent kind of bigger than I saw in myself, which was really flattering, but also like, girl, you have some work to do. Right. <laughs> so he would be like, you have to, you know, draw a hundred day challenge, draw every single day, whatever it is. And I'm like, that's a lot. Ooh.
0: But good tip though, but, to our audience yeah. members, do a hundred day challenge. What, and it doesn't just have to be art. Whatever it is that you're scared of, do it for a hundred days in a row. Yes. That is a great way to get and over post it. Post
1: about it. Post about it. Come up with your own hashtag. I mean, Accountability. whatever your, yeah, whatever your passion is, like follow through a hundred days. I mean, it went by so fast and I, I got so much better. I had so much fun and I started to be like, the days that I was like, what should I draw? I'm like, pop culture it was like, mm. so that's where it kind of, it came naturally. Like, what can I reference? Like I get catcalled on the street and like, okay, I'm thinking of an episode of Broad City, you know? Yes. I relate to that so hard. I draw it and like kind of, it doesn't, you know, Broad City reposted, that was like my first, um, oh. during my hundred day challenge, Broad <gasps> City reposted their cat calling drawing, which was like huge for me. I got like a hundred right. new followers, which is like a big deal. Then I started to just become more like, oh my God, people are like responding to me. This is so exciting. Like we're all connecting with each other and like we're all like having like a little feminist social media party. Yep, with Um, a little bit of Beyonce flavor. Always, always Beyonce. Like fangirl so hard for her. Oh my gosh, Um, Lemonade changed my life. uh, Like if it didn't change your life, I have questions for you (laughs)
0: pretty much. (laughs) And it might've been like my last major relationship was like sung to me through Lemonade. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll save that for another podcast, but (laughs) yeah. We could talk
1: for for too long about lemonade. But yeah, so um, it kind of came together naturally, like, pop people are responding i can relate my experiences with pop culture and it just if it it's so much fun which is like the most important it doesn't feel like work mm. i want to like i want to draw every day i don't feel like oh no i have to post something because i haven't posted it in 4 days like i right. want like i'm like i crave it like a you know like a piece of chocolate like i crave to to draw and create and i just look at my list or think about what I'm going through. And I just, it comes, you know, whatever comes to me naturally is what I create. And it just feels like it feels awesome.
0: How you create art, has that changed? And in how you lead your community now that your community has grown so virally and so quickly? I know we certainly felt that at Worthy Women. I said earlier at the beginning of this that we're proud feminists. Mm -hmm. I used to be very uncomfortable being called a feminist because in my head, I'm picturing all the things that what i perceive to be a feminist which is non-shaved armpits and man haters mm-hmm. totally. right or that's what we're told mm-hmm. and so after the election i had so many people from our audience turn to me and say well you're like the chief feminist of life with miss worthy women so what are you going to do and how are we going to follow and i was like yeah oh <laughs>
1: You Ooh, have responsibility
0: now. I have responsibility yeah. that I didn't even realize I had. Yeah. And not just to myself, but for other people. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and was like, man, this actually changed the way that we, we became much more purposeful and intentional in our delivery of, of goods and services and how we produce mm-hmm. content for people. I'm curious if you had a similar experience.
1: Yeah, I definitely felt like more responsibility to have a voice of, like take a stand on things that were happening and it's hard because there's so much happening I yeah. like, can't pick a cause because it's all awful and I want to help everything for but for example the Lady Liberty piece I I put it on Etsy for the first weekend I said all proceeds would go to ACLU yep and I donated a thousand dollars to ACLU that weekend
0: amazing
1: yeah so that was like incredible continuing to have products out and like downloads on Etsy that will go a little bit to charity, which helps, you know, incentive for people to buy, but also it makes me feel like I'm doing something without like emptying my wallet. Cause I would, <laughs> I want right. to like donate to all these charities and I just can't do it like on my own, but also posting like about what's important. Like, I mean some, if I feel like all I can do is have a Mean Girls reference, like that's what I'm going to do that day. But I feel like I have to, and I want to, have a voice about what's going on with like politics and post and also bring a little bit of humor maybe is the wrong word because nothing is humorous about it's, what's going on but I it's just kind of like saying. a little bit of like relief like yes. okay like visual relief like this is bad but that was like kind of like nice to look at and a funny caption and just something to like not take away from the issue but give it like a little lighthearted moment to you know take a breath i guess In between all the bad, but still focusing on the issue at hand,
0: and it is—it's literally beautiful, which is the other like nice reprieve to the eyes of like, oh, that was funny, and that was witty, and it was like, man, I wouldn't have come up with that, but I'm gonna borrow it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. So I have to ask you: Mm -hmm. Did you always feel worthy with your art and what you created? Because we often hear from creatives, you know, this this dichotomy of if I produce my art and I put it out there for sale and no one buys it, does that mean I'm a bad artist and attaching your self worth to there? And you're, you're pretty much a full-time illustrator, yeah. which is like the dream of so many people. Yeah. And no, I didn't always feel worthy. In fact,
1: I went to art school and I took like a long, I tried to get a design. I, I really assumed that after art school, I was going to like become like an art director within five years and like you know, have this like wild success. And that did not happen. Like, of course it didn't. Like that doesn't usually happen. (laughs) So I got really frustrated and and I started taking jobs that had nothing to do with it because I had to work. So taking design adjacent jobs, which is what I called them. And I just, I worked in like, and sometimes I worked in grocery stores or the Starbucks or whatever. And I had to like kind of find my way back, which only happened in the last four years. It, it took a lot for me to like build my confidence because I felt like after you know, an expensive and really great art school, like I have a degree, no one would hire me. And that like just sucked because they made they made me feel like my, you know, I wasn't good enough. And I'm like, what did I do all this hard work for if you're not going to hire me?
0: And you know, the other thing about that type of a craft is, you know, you mentioned that the hundred days you became mm. a better illustrator, yeah. right? It's one of those things, just like language when you're not using it, it's not that you lose it, but You get a little bit rusty. It doesn't become as fluid.
1: You have to flex it.
0: Yep, absolutely. Which, you know, to come back to it after time away um, and you're already feeling not enough, Mm -hmm. that certainly can't help the creative process and getting back into the saddle must make it harder and harder.
1: It did, yeah. And the more, I mean, what I learned right away was the more you do it, the easier it gets, the more inspired you become. And it's just like... Now it's like I, it used to be like, oh, I have to draw today because I'm like doing this stupid challenge, but now it's like, oh my God, what am I gonna draw today? This is so exciting. And like being able to like so thankful for social media, which didn't exist when I was in college, but having like a space to like showcase my art for free without having to like I'm not like asking people to buy anything. I'm just like building a little community of like you know, art lovers and people who like my drawings has helped so much to like help me learn like grow as an artist, you know. Because I, I take the feedback from my audience, like what people are responding to and what people yeah. are going through. And I'm like, OK, well, yeah, like, yeah, girl, I relate to you. Like, let me let me draw something like for you. You know, yeah, I used to say this to my husband, but I had like a traumatizing experience in high school because like Ooh. I had a I was in the like top art class. Um, my portfolio was like the top three of the class, according to my art teacher, who I loved. And my portfolio was the only one that didn't get picked for this like, for the AP board. I think it was like some fancy art show. And I realized like, just like, I think it was like three years ago. I was like, you know what? I think that really like messed me up. Like, because I took that lack of confidence into my college career. Yep. I didn't really push myself as much as I wish I had in college. And afterwards I was like, it was frustrating not to get hired and not to feel like like I wasn't good enough. Like I'm not qualified, I'm not even going to apply, like I'm not experienced enough, I'm not qualified for this. And I started to realize like one, like I let like one stupid event like dictate my confidence and my skills for like a decade. <laughs>
0: but that's really really common. Yeah. You know, I I said earlier, we hear a lot of people's shame stories. Most people's shame stories originate in childhood um, adolescent development and they internalize it. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is they repeat these patterns as they get older and they truly become ingrained in us. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the reason why you look at people's relationships and they have the same thing happen to them over and over. Totally. They're recreating it, trying to get a different outcome with mm-hmm. the same set of circumstances. Yeah. I had a friend say, man, I'm really attracted to unavailable men. And I go, you're not attracted to unavailable men. You're just unattractive unavailable yourself yeah right (laughs) of course you're attracted to that because it prevents you from forcing yourself to show up and it's easy to blame and say oh you didn't do that and worthiness when we talk about leadership worthiness leaders that believe that they are worthy and worthy of what they do and how they build in the world always do this from a place of trust and knowing that Uh, leaders that don't feel worthy, what they end up doing is they blame, it's somebody else's fault, it's never theirs. Um, So it's definitely real. And for our, our listeners, who are out there, if you're wondering about how you can get back on track with your creativity, I highly recommend Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Uh It was life-changing for me. Same author as Eat, Pray, Love. If you didn't love Eat, Pray, Love, you're crazy. Uh, (laughs) Big Magic is even better because she talks a lot about creativity and losing ideas, things that you loved and then they're no longer passionate, the book you never finished. Mm -hmm. And she has this concept of ideas that kind of get passed to other people and they're no longer yours because you didn't nurture it. Uh And taking the pressure off of I must do this to succeed. And I went to an art school, therefore I must be an artist. Exactly. But doing things for the sheer joy of it doesn't have to be the stressor that, you know, is inflicted in your life. And creativity is truly a gift and a blessing. And if you don't work at keeping it, you will lose it. Yes. So this leads me to my favorite question of the podcast. What makes you a woman of worth or a worthy woman? I am a worthy
1: woman because Number one, I'm a woman and we all are. Yep. Uh, One of my friends used to say, know your worth. Like it was her catchphrase, which I think every woman should take on. Um, But I know that I have a gift. It took me a long time to realize how how important my gift is or how special it is. But a creative gift as an artist. And I have a responsibility to honor my gift because it's something that I was born with and not everyone has it and I can express myself through art and connect with other people and other women through it and that is like the most special thing I can have in my life so to make other women feel worthy through my art and grow my worth by you know connecting with women through it and learning from other women by way of my
0: artwork. And that is so true. And you're right. It is a gift. Because let me tell you, the only thing that I can draw on straight is my <laughs> eyeliner. And one eye is always better than the other. And I know you all can relate to that. <laughs>
1: Mary, where can people find you? Well, I do most of my activity on Instagram at drawn by Mary. And that's my name across all social media, Twitter and Facebook. And I have a website, drawnbymary.com, which I'm going to be connecting, um, well, it is connected to my Etsy and Society6 shops. I'm gonna be having a lot of really cool products coming out this year. So follow along on Instagram, it's where I do my most uh, most of my promotions.
0: You heard it here, people. Double tap that profile, at drawnbymary. Mary, thank you so much for joining us and being our very first guest. Thank you so much for having me, it was a pleasure. This has been Women of Worth with your host, Audrey Bellis.